Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. Sharon Janes is a best-selling author of 25 books. She's a popular speaker at women's conferences and live events, and she's an avid blogger. Sharon, thanks so much for coming back and joining us on Takeaways. Hey, Kurt, it's exciting to be back here. Well, we've got a couple of your books here, and I'm so excited for people to get a hold of these books that, that teach parents, grandparents, anybody really how to pray in a very specific way for not just your husband or your wife, but also your children and people in your life that you care about. Um, we talked last time about the power of our words that we speak, and now we're talking about the power of prayer. Can you explain the connection between the words we speak and the prayers we pray. Hey, you know, last time as we talked about the power of a woman's words to the people in her realm of influence, her family, her friends, church, and in the world. Now we're talking about the power of our words that we speak to God. So that is what we're talking about today, the power of our words that we speak to God. And we're talking about what prayer is, that prayer is just a continual conversation that we're having with God. Sharon, um, can you think of times where you have been personally moved? Um, you've been impacted greatly by other people praying for you? Hey, Kurt, that's such a great question. You know, um, in my book, I'm talking about, the, about praying for your children. And I often say that I became a Christian through a praying mother, but it was not my mother who prayed for me. I was brought up in a very difficult home. There was a lot of alcohol and fighting. There was pornography in that home. Grew up as a terrified little kid, really. But when I was 12 years old, there was a mother on the next block from where I grew up. It was my best friend's mom. And I loved being at their house. They, um, our, our family, as bad as we were, we went to church on Sundays and we had a, a religion in our lives. But when I spent time down at the Henderson's house, I saw they had something different. They had a relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm. And Mrs. Henderson began to pray for me and began to tell me about Jesus. And when I was 14 years old, I, I gave my life to Christ because of this praying mother. And then Kurt, the icing on the cake was three years after that, my mom gave her life to the Lord. And then three years after that, my dad, that mean old man, he gave his life to Jesus and became one of the sweetest men I've ever known. So you see, this was the power of a praying woman. It was the power of a praying parent to pray scripture over me, affected my life, and then my entire family. One of my favorite movies over the last several years was uh, called War Room. War Room was a movie made by the Kendrick brothers. Yes. I've uh, become friends with them. We've made some movies together. And, and the mm -hmm. subtitle was Prayer is a Powerful Weapon. And we can remember how that woman prayed for her husband and it transformed their marriage. And um, I remember mm -hmm. people coming up to me saying, Kirk, when you were on Growing Pains and I was 12 years old, I prayed for you that you would become a Christian. And I've had several people say this to me, and I'm in my 50s now, and I think, wow, I wonder if it was your prayers, because I wasn't praying to become a Christian. I was an atheist. I wasn't looking for God. But then my pastor said, Sharon, when anyone ever asks you, how did you find God in Hollywood? He said, remember, you didn't find God. He wasn't lost. You were lost, and he found you. So my question for you is, how do I reconcile other people's prayers for me and God's sovereign hand in salvation. If, if, if God's going to do what God's going to do anyway, 
why does he want us to pray and ask him to do it? Well, let's talk about what prayer is. Prayer, as I mentioned, is a, is a continual conversation with God. And the way God has set it up, as you mentioned, he is sovereign. He could do anything he wants to. So why do we need to even pray? Well, the reason is because that's how he set it up. And that's how he set up his power flowing from heaven down to earth. He set it up through prayer. Scripture tells us you do not have because you do not ask. But see, God wants to lavish us with his blessings. I mean, when we pray, it's not like we're trying to, to get something from a stingy hand of God. No, the scripture says he wants to lavish that those blessings on us. And yet, even though his desire is to lavish those blessings, he has set it up so that he wants us to ask for those blessings. Prayer, prayer is really just a conduit through which God's power flows from heaven down to earth. And it's the way that he works with his people. I love that, I love that metaphor of a, of a conduit from heaven to earth. And that reminds me of Jesus's prayer. Lord, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that conduit is often working through prayer and in the hearts of his people. Sharon, you're a big advocate Absolutely. for praying scripture over people. What is that and why is that important? Well, when we, when we pray, oftentimes we don't know what to pray. Um, I remember when I first got married and I was sitting in that bride room and I was looking in the mirror and, and I was thinking, doesn't every woman feel this way on her wedding day? I was thinking about, I love this man so much. How does, how do so many marriages end in divorce? And I said, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure my marriage is a success. But it wasn't too long before I realized that I don't have it within my power to do that. I need to be a woman of prayer. But a lot of times I didn't know what to pray. So I would open God's word and then began to pray God's word over my husband. It was the same thing when I became a mom. Um, I began to open God's word and pray those scriptures mm. over my, my child when I didn't know what to pray. Because here's the thing, Kirk. When we pray the word of God, then we are praying the will of God. And there's nothing more powerful than that. You know, we know that we're in a spiritual we're in a spiritual warfare right now. I mean, we only have to look at the news to see the attack that is on our children today for the hearts and souls of our children. And we see it's an attack on marriages. And yet when we see what's going on around us, we know that scripture tells us in Ephesians 6, we do not fight a battle of flesh and blood but we are fighting a spiritual battle, a battle of principalities. And if we're fighting a spiritual battle, then we need to be fighting with spiritual weapons. So that's where prayer and that's where praying scripture comes in. And Paul also says in 2 Corinthians 10, he tells us that we have, we have great power to demolish strongholds in our life. And that power, that word that is used there is dunamos in the Greek, and it's where we get dynamite. And you think about dynamite, when you put nitrogen and glycerin together, boom, you've got dynamite. But when you put prayer and the word of God together, you've mm -hmm. got dynamite. You've got incredible power when you pray God's word. So we're praying that over our families, we're praying it over our children, over our husbands, over people that are that are in our sphere of influence. You know, we're also praying that over what's going on in the world today. But I know today we're sticking with families. So we have that dunamis power to pray in the spiritual realm and the physical realm for what's going on in our families. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Sharon, we're going to get really practical with this and, and talk about how to select uh, verses that we can pray over our loved ones. But, but first, I want to ask you, uh, is there a go-to verse that someone who's never done this before can, can start to pray over their children, over their family, over their life? I'm, I'm thinking of some of the go-to verses in my mind, like Proverbs 3, Lord, I trust you with all my heart. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. In all my ways, I want to acknowledge you, direct my path, make it straight. Is, 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 is that a good place to start? How do you choose? That, that is a, that's a perfect verse. And I, and I want to encourage people too. They might think, well, I don't know that my prayers would be powerful enough, but the word also tells us that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Mm. And somebody might be thinking, well, yeah, I don't know that I'm a righteous person. But the truth is, if you know Jesus Christ today, then you are declared righteous. So when you pray, your prayers are powerful and effective. Sharon, how does praying for someone affect the way that you perceive that person? I tell you what, I can think of times in my own life, and this is a confession, I have been upset with my husband about something. But as soon as I started praying for him, that just totally changed. And again, you know, it's one thing to pray about someone's behavior, but when you're praying scripture over them, it's Lord just does something and gives you an incredible love for that person. And that's with our friends. That's with no matter who we're praying for. When we start praying God's word over them, it gives us an incredible love for that person. And have you ever seen real change in people that you have prayed for? Do you think it's made a difference? Oh, absolutely. I I have. The example that I gave at the very beginning, you know, talking about my dad coming to Christ, that is a very long story. But even as a teenager, I saw it from the very beginning as I came to Christ at 14. And then my little group of 14-year-old friends that were also Christians, uh, through this mom, we began to pray for my family. And I watched how God began to change my mom And then as I watched as my mom's new Christian friends began to pray and pray for my dad, and I just watched God do what he needed to do. And honestly, some of it was not pretty. And we need to talk about that too, how we pray for someone and sometimes things don't turn out like we thought it would, but God was doing exactly what he needed to do behind the scenes to change my dad's life. So at a very young age, I was in my, right when I had turned 20, I saw the power of prayer to change someone's life dramatically. A man who had been physically violent, who'd been into pornography, who was a gambler, who drank, and watched God change that man's heart. So that was the start of it for me. And since that time, I've seen God change so many lives because of the prayers of his people. Now, I'm excited for us to talk specifically about 
how to pray scripture over our, ourselves and over our loved ones. Uh, before we go to the break, Sharon, how has prayer changed you? Well, it's changed the way I look at the world. It's changed the way I perceive what's going on around me in the world. It's changed how I perceive what God is doing in the lives of the people in my family and and my friends. And, you know, one thing that I want to encourage people as they're praying for people, um, you know, you might not see anything happening at first. And that was hard for me at the very beginning when I was praying for other people, that it didn't seem like God was doing anything. And God, are you really hearing my prayers? But then I read Jesus's words. He said, my father is always at work. And I thought about going through and reading about Joseph. This Joseph was the 11th child of Jacob. We know what happened to Joseph. He had a dream that he was going to one day, his family was going to bow down to him. It was a prophetic dream. But then over the next 17 years, uh, Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. He was a slave in Potiphar's household. And it says God was with him. But then he was arrested, thrown into prison. And it said, and God was with him. And then 17 years after that dream, it was fulfilled and he became second in command to the Pharaoh when he interpreted the Pharaoh's dream. So Kirk, what that says to me is when we're praying for someone, whether it's our husbands, our children, whoever is in our family, that we might not see what God is doing. And it might feel like, you know, God, just throw me a bone. Let me see something. But we can be assured that God is always working behind the scenes and that God will make the pain in our meanwhile always worthwhile. So if you're praying for someone today and you don't see any results right now, don't stop praying. Continue praying. And you and I probably both can remember times that we've grown the most spiritually. It's usually during a time of struggle, not when it's comfort and ease. So if you're praying for someone and you see them struggling, don't think God isn't working. He is working to bring about his perfect plan for that person. Sharon, this is fascinating. The idea of praying God's words over people. When we pray God's words, we're praying God's will, and we know it's a good prayer because the Lord himself wrote the prayer. Uh, I I love how in your book, Praying for Your Child from Head to Toe, you talk about 16 landmarks. Um, Explain those to us. Well, you know, when the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray, He gave them what we call the Lord's Prayer, which you mentioned in the first segment. And actually, when you look at that, it's it's like landmarks that he's saying. First, you praise God for who he is. You pray for him to meet your daily needs, ask him to forgive you and forgive other people. You know, those are kind of landmarks. I don't think he meant for that necessarily to be a rope prayer that we pray. So when I'm talking about landmarks and praying landmarks for the people in our lives, it's kind of the same idea. I've got 16 landmarks. We're going to start at the top and go all the way to the bottom. We're going to start at the mind, praying for what someone thinks about, because we know that what someone thinks about determines who they really are. And I think it's one of the most important things to pray about is to pray for people's thought life. And then we're going to pray for their eyes. This is what goes into the thoughts that go into their mind through the portal of their eyes. Now, it's different praying about what they see and what they look at, because you can't necessarily control what someone sees, but you can pray about what they look at, what they concentrate on, the, the, the devices that they're looking at, television that they're looking at, what they're looking at that's changing the way they think. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., 
Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations at Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. We're going to pray for their ears, what they listen to. Again, it's different from praying for what they hear because you can't control that necessarily. But you can pray about what someone listens to because we know that if if children and the people in our lives listen to the wrong voice, then they are going to make Mm. the wrong choice. So we're praying for their ears, what they listen to, their mouth, the words that they speak. You and I have talked a lot about the words, the power of someone's words. And I want to say to here with our children, especially, we pray for those words, but you know what? They're going to most likely do what they see us doing. And so we need to make sure that we're setting a good example with the words we speak. So we're praying for the words, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Then we're praying for their neck. And this is what turns the head. So as we pray for someone's neck, we're praying for the decisions that they make. The decisions we know will determine destinies and destinies determine histories. And that's whether we're talking about world history or our own history. So praying for the neck, decisions that they make. Then the shoulders, we're praying for their burdens and worries, that they'll learn how to cast all their cares on the Lord. It tells us, be anxious for nothing, pray about everything. We're praying for the burdens and worries with our the people in our sphere of influence. We're praying for their hearts. This is who and what they love. What they love is going to be who they become. Then we are praying for their arms. This is their strength all through the Bible. God's strength is compared to the arm of God. Praying for their hands. This is their gifts and talents that they'll recognize what they are and use those to glorify God. Mm. We're going to pray for their ring finger. Now it's different if we're praying for their husbands. Of course, we're praying. We're praying for our our spouse. So if their husband is doing this, he's praying for his wife. But for us, praying for children as soon as they're born. Second most important decision they will ever make is who their spouse is. So we're praying for that person. Then we're going to pray for their backs. This is for their spiritual and physical protection. We're going to pray for their sexuality. We're praying for sexual purity and that there will be no gender confusion with these children. And and, and remember, we're praying scripture. This is not opinion. We're praying straight, straight scripture. We're going to pray for their legs, that they'll stand on the truth, because we know with cultural relativism, what was wrong yesterday is now right. What was uh, legal, illegal yesterday is now legal. So it's very confusing. We're going to pray that they will stand on the truth. Then we're going to pray for their knees, and that is their humility before God, that they will come to know Christ at an early age, and they will continue to grow in their faith. And finally, we're going to pray for their feet, and that is the path that they take the path today and the path throughout life as they follow Christ throughout life. So those are 16 areas. This is fantastic. I absolutely love that. What what a great uh, pathway um, for us to pray for those that we love on. Sharon, if someone's never prayed scripture over someone before, where is a good place to start? Well, a good place to start is to I'm in your daily Bible reading, whatever you're reading that day, as you're reading scripture, 
just what you're reading that day. Just pray those scriptures for the people in your life. You can also go to a Bible app, use a concordance, look up scriptures on the mind, look up scriptures on the heart. Now there are over a thousand verses just on the heart. So you might have to pick and choose, but going in and using a, a concordance and finding verses that pertain to whatever that is that you are praying for. Their eyes, you know, look up verses on the eyes and pray those in for the people in your lives. And I want to say here too, that when we're praying for someone, um, we are really not trying to gain control over that person, to whip them into the men and women that God wants them to be. What we're actually doing is we are releasing control, releasing control to God so that that person will be the man or woman that God wants them to be. Because Kirk, you know what? As much as we want to be the potter over those lumps of clay, we are not. Mm. God is the potter. We are the clay. So we are not going to try to gain control and pray that they'll be who we want them to be, but who God wants them to be. Sharon, what are some passages to pray over loved ones who do not have a relationship with God? Well, actually, in the back of this, over praying those landmarks that we just went over, there's there are 10 scriptures here that I pray over people um, that don't know Jesus yet. Um, I pray Romans 5, 8, that God demonstrates his own love for us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I pray that over that person. Um, I pray Luke 19, 10, that the Son of God came to seek and to save those who were lost, praying that over that person. And um, another reason... The, I love John 3, 8. It says the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. So I pray that over the person that the devil will have no hold on that person, but that they will give their lives to Jesus and that the, we know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So we're praying for Jesus to make himself known to that person, to open their eyes so that they can see him just like he opened their eyes for those men that were walking down that road to Emmaus who didn't recognize him, but God opened their eyes. So then they did know that it was Jesus. So those are just a few of the scriptures that I pray for them. Thanks for giving us practical examples like that so that we can pray those over our children. Um, how, do we, how do we help our children when it appears to them that God is answering their prayers with a no? They're asking for this. They're asking for help for that. They don't want grandma to be sick anymore. They're, they're hoping that they get an A on their test and then it doesn't go the way that they hoped. How do you reconcile that for them? Well, we had, that happened a lot as I was raising my son, of course, but God would say no. But what I did with him is I was very honest with, with my son and explained to him times when God said no to me, because, you know, in his young life, we were about to the main Christians that he knew. And he thought, well, if God can say no to them, then why am I even praying? So we gave him examples of, of when God said no to us. For example, we had one child went through years of infertility, and then we lost our second child. So for Stephen, that was a big no that he saw God saying no to mm -hmm. us in our, own, in our own lives. Yeah. But then later I explained to him that God had a different plan for us and I actually told him about the day I was reading Song of Solomon, chapter two, verse one, when the bride said, and I was reading it that day as if I was the bride and Jesus was the groom. And the, the bride said, I am the rose of Sharon. And then I felt God tell me to look it up look up Sharon, and Sharon meant Fertile Valley. And even though my medical chart said infertile, God was saying, oh no, you are a Fertile Valley. 
and I'm going to give you a ministry with a lot of spiritual children. So when something like that happens in our own lives, when God says no, and then perhaps we find out a reason why, maybe we don't. But when it does happen, I think it's very important to share that with our children and say, you know what, God God tells us no. And if he tells us no, it's because he has something better for us. And he would not be a good father if he gave us everything we wanted, even just like we would not be good parents mm. if we gave our children everything we wanted. So he is a good heavenly father. He knows exactly what we need to be the best person, the best human being that he's created us to be. And sometimes that means saying no. Sharon, I'm so glad that you brought this up. This isn't a novel idea. You're really going back to scripture itself. And when I think of Jesus, the, the Bible tells us that Jesus is our advocate before the Father and that he's interceding for us. So Jesus himself is praying for you and for me and for our children. And when I think of the way that he would speak to the crowds of people and say, it is written, it is written. And he would quote scripture, right? Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What if when Jesus is interceding for us to the Father, if he is praying scripture over us, that's not a far-fetched idea, is it? That is that is absolutely what I believe is the truth. And you know, when, when Jesus was speaking and teaching, he even said, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. And then he spoke truth. But I believe when he's praying for us, he is praying scripture because that is the truth. And that, that verse that you just mentioned about man shall not live by bread alone. When you think about Jesus in spiritual warfare, and there was spiritual warfare, how did he do? How did he defeat the enemy? With the word of God. He defeated the enemy right there, that verse you mentioned, by saying the word of God. Three times he was tempted, and every single time, how did he defeat the enemy? He mm. quoted scripture all three times. So he defeated the enemy with the word of God, going back to that incredible dunamis power that we have when we bring prayer and the word of God together. Hi, I'm Kirk Cameron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Takeaways. If you love the conversations that we're having, please follow or subscribe to this podcast to never miss any of this great content. And please consider leaving a positive rating and a review to help others like you discover this show.